Welcome to IT for Whiskey, a podcast for new or existing managed service providers and your occasional whiskey connoisseur. My name is Myron Herrera. My company is Cinetech Solutions. Uh, we are a MSP based out of Dallas. I'm also the CEO of Greenlink Networks, which is a voice over IP uh, channel only uh, based out of Dallas as well. Business started in 2004. Combined, we're about 30 employees. You know, the reason I, I wanted to do this podcast was because visiting a lot of these events, I, I realized that a lot of the MSPs that were starting up were struggling with some of the same things that I struggled when we started our business. Meeting Craig and Joe, we shared the same passion and a lot of the same issues that, that we experienced. So wanting to take that pain away from some of the new guys, they decided to go with this podcast. My name is Craig Hickman. I'm with ProBlue in Bloomington, Indiana. ProBlue is a managed service provider. We started in 2005. I started with, well, I think, a total of three employees, and now we've grown to 11. We're a small shop. We're located in South Central Indiana, servicing a little over 200 customers. This is a great opportunity for me to talk to other peers and learn what they have done and what they have not done well and avoid all those caveats. This is a learning experience for us and also hopefully helping others along the way. My name is Joe Ucia. I'm the CEO for Infinite IT. We're located out of Toronto, Canada. We're currently about a dozen employees. We're an MSP. We were originally founded in 1999. I truly believe in this podcast because I wish somebody was there to help me and, and teach me a lot of the mistakes that they made and share with me their mind share on, on how to overcome issues. So I was lucky enough to meet Craig and Myron a few years ago and many years in the working and here we are. So we hope that you really get a lot out of this podcast and learn the things that I wish somebody would have told me. Welcome back to another episode of IT for Whiskey. Uh, we are having a blast here. I'm with Joe. Yeah, we can't get it's this started. So it's crazy. It's we we've been laughing for forever now. Sorry about that, everyone. The, 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 the inside <laughs> jokes, inside jokes. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. You know what? It's 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 always great to laugh. It's good for the soul. I always say and. Laughing is just uh, nature's medicine, I guess. I don't know. So is whiskey, but that's a whole other story. You know what's not laughing matter? What's not laughing matter? Tell me. Figuring out what to do with the staff. Do they come back to the office? Do they stay home? Do they some come back? Some go back to the office? What do we do? It's it's crazy. I, 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 we've been talking to customers like crazy about this. Just trying to get our take on it because we're their IT department. And they're like, well, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? I'm sure you've been having the same. Same here. Yeah. It's crazy. And you know what? I wish, I wish. Wouldn't it be so great if we can predict things? Because if I could predict things, I'd predict the lottery, you know? But that's, you know what I mean? It's like, but what what, what are you saying to customers, Byron? No, it's the same thing. I mean, we, we're, we're just this week, I had four meetings where they were about this topic. And nobody knows. Doesn't matter what, what state what industry nobody knows what to do it's a, it's everybody's saying um, we're just trying to figure it out and we'll see what happens you know what i find actually with our customers it depends on two things is what i find is it depends on the management style like are they micromanagers or not do they trust their staff or not kind of thing so the culture has a lot to do with it it also depends on the business model because our manufacturing customers they never stopped they didn't care they're like we need people to push product out Whereas anyone that was in a pro services type industry or time value business, they're all about, no, let the staff stay at home. Yeah. And um, 
as we were saying before we hit the record button, we look at what's going on in the news and how everyone's talking about, you know what, we're just going to keep our staff at home. We're going to reduce our, our real estate footprint and we don't need brick and mortar anymore. Yeah, but even 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 those those uh, manufacturing facilities and things like that, they have that back office, right? And they're saying maybe the back office doesn't need to go every day. So even those that that is required to have the majority of the staff come back for the for manufacturing or production there's still a piece that are currently working whether it's a hybrid or whatever and they're just trying to figure out what's what is this going to look like long term you know as as leases and decisions on real estate come up it's like what do you do do you go with a bigger space because we have more staff or do we go with a smaller space because we're now going to work remotely and those are those are the challenges that i think any business doesn't matter the size they're 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 going through it and nobody knows you know, it's funny our our uh, nobody knows that's that's you got that right all every single one of our manufacturing clients a hundred percent of them none of them went uh work from home all i know is that all of our manufacturing customers forced all of their staff to come in and they never got a day off now whether or not that was good bad or ugly uh, some of them had outbreaks some didn't but I, again, I think that has a lot to do with the culture. I, I feel like the manufacturing world, they believe if you're not in the office, we can't get productivity out of you because that's how they push products out the door. You can't put product on a pallet and ship it out if you're not in the office, right? You can't do that remotely. And I think the same mentality is applied to people in finance, HR, admin, whatever, which is not true. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you, but what was that series that you, you can... Was it a TV show or a movie where you can, uh, you, you basically like connect and you have like a sleeve or a, a remote version of you somewhere else? Ivan, you're in the background. What, what, who, what, what is it? Avatar. No. Oh yeah, Avatar. Yeah, Avatar. You could do it with Avatar, right? So same concept. I think somebody needs to really come up with that these days. <laughs> you got the Avatar at the plant, right? At the manufacturing facility. You're home and you just plug in and you... You go about and do your job. <laughs> yeah, well, then the, then you've also got things like the Matrix, if we're talking yeah, about well, that. Yeah, well, for sure. Become <laughs> slave to the technology. <laughs> so, yeah. Speaking of which, part four is coming out. Ho ho! Yeah, Excited for that. Definitely a fan. Um, now, this this is definitely a, a a struggling topic because you know, for ourselves, we've outgrown two of our four offices, and if we went back, currently we're working from home. Uh, I would say 90% of our staff is working from home. Those that are going into this into the office is because of either they have some special equipment that they have to be working out of the office, or or you have some field techs that are field engineers that are out on the on the road, so they're obviously on their road office, so on and so forth. So, but if I if we decided to move everybody back in, we wouldn't be able to handle it, and it puts us in a pretty tight binds because now you know leases are coming up we have our corporate office leases up for renewal do we stay where we are because hey we're not gonna everybody go back do we go and get bigger space although the space has been basically almost vacant for the last year and a half so it's a very challenging situation and then you got you know right now i would say that people customers clients they're all maybe a little bit more lenient in terms of oh, I'm speaking to somebody and the internet broke up and the call quality wasn't there, or maybe you get on a, on a Zoom call or go to a meeting call or whatever kind of 
call you're getting on and the, the camera doesn't work because your internet services are not good, or maybe you have a bedroom set in the background, that, that may be okay right now because, oh, we're all in this pandemic, but long-term that doesn't work. So trying to figure out a, a, a balance, that's a struggle. Yeah, that's why you got virtual backgrounds, right? Yeah, but even that is, you know, right. kind of yeah, it's, flimsy. Yeah, I agree. You know? I agree. That's why that's why you don't use it and you have that big background that you have on your, uh, on you right now. Right. Exactly. I I never liked I was never a fan of it. I always felt that it felt superficial, it felt fake and it applied a level of superficialness like what are you trying to hide? Yes. Kind of thing. Is, right. is the feeling that I always had whereas with a static physical background it's well, it's my background. It's the real. It's oh, a real okay. thing. It's real. Yeah. I can I can I can touch it. Look. And I've had ask, I've actually had people ask me, "Is that real?" I'm like, "Can you do this to your image?" <laughs> and they laugh, right? That's awesome. Yeah. So, but I I agree with you that what has been accepted over the last eighteen months or so will not be accepted in the future. But that being said, I will say I'm of the frame of mind that the majority of companies will either do one of two things: they will either continue the work at home model or at best, a hybrid version of it. Because every company I know, like all of our customers, they keep on saying, oh, on this day, we're going to go back to the office. This day, we're going to go back to the office. And then they keep pushing it out, pushing it out, and pushing it out. We have one customer. They're in the um, um, uh, PR space. Great little company, great success story, about 50 employees, et cetera, et cetera. And they, they had a great little agency that they were all working together in one space. And when the pandemic hit, it just by coincidence, during the pandemic, their lease expired. So we actually went and picked up all their equipment and we still have it here in our office because they're like, well, we don't need the office anymore until we figure out what we're going to do. Are you charging for Hold space? Hold it for us, of course. Good. And we actually took their servers and put in our data center and they're, you know, paying colo space, this, that, and the other. And in speaking with the president two weeks ago, she said to me, you know, I don't think we're ever going to go back. I don't think we need a physical office anymore. Yeah. And I said, well, if that's what you want to do to continue, then that's great. So the irony is we were not in commercial real estate before, but now we're <laughs> reaping the benefit of it. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. They're not the only ones that this has happened to, that they've decided they're not going back to their office and they've shut it down. Yeah. And they're not going to reopen it. We are, I guess I'm going to you know, put the cat out of the bag, but... We're working on a plan for our future office environment, and it's a virtual environment, right, or a hybrid environment where some staff will continue to work from the office because there's no way around that. There are staff that will work 100% from home and will give up their desk, and then there's some staff that will be working some days from home, some days from the office. And the idea is that we're going to convert a space in the office to be a like a hotel. Hotel? Yeah, scenario where they come in with their laptops, they just dock, and they have their, their soft phone, their Greenlink soft phone on there. They have their wireless headset, and they're good to go. That's the idea. Uh, that's the general uh, idea. Now, what we're going to create also is a list of requirements. If you don't meet those requirements, specialties that you do that don't allow you to meet those requirements, then you can't work from home, right? And that's how we're going to figure it out. You know, if you meet all of them, then you can work from home full time. If you only meet a few, then you have to do hybrid. And if you don't meet some specific ones, then you have to come into the office. But we're going to set those guidelines up 
because that's how we're going to decide. Ivan's going to take his equipment to his house and he's going to have his home office and he's going to operate from his home office. Whereas maybe somebody like Stephanie might have to be coming back and forth because maybe her team works in the office and, uh, you know, so regardless that that's, that's the overall idea. We haven't put it all in, in, in writing, but I think every business needs to go through that exercise of figuring out per department, it's department based. You know, I was, I was at a law firm yesterday and their case managers, they are able to work from home, but there are other members of the team that need to work out of the office. They need scanning capability. They need to be able to pull files and so on and so forth. So every business is going to be different and every business has to go through that, that process. I think nobody's actually outlined a process. And I think that's something that people will be anxious to look for online. And so we're actually working on developing uh, a model for our customers. And one of the things that we're considering as we develop this model is how do you choose which way to go and how do you toggle on the fly? So one of what we've learned over the course of this pandemic with our customers is that there are some that stayed in the office, there are some that went hybrid, and there are some that closed their office down, but their business is flourishing. We have a couple of customers that realized economic gain because of the pandemic, because their costs dropped drastically. Imagine, yeah. you know, taking 10, 20 grand a month of real estate costs off your books. That's right. That's significant. That's right. So here, here's another example. Inside of our building, we had uh, three new companies move in in the last month. And all three of them said, you know, we're, we're moving in, but they downsized from like 20,000 square feet to seven. I've seen that's that. That's a big drop in size. I've seen that. And I asked, I asked the owners, I said, but why would you downsize that much? You, you've got like 40 employees. Like, what are you doing? And the answer to that question is we have 10 hotel desks. Yeah. They got to book their week in advance. And you know what they did? They ended up coming to us because we're an ISP and we, we have a data center in the building. They came to us and said, I don't want to build a data room out. Can I just put my uh, colo my equipment in your data center? This way I can maximize my real estate and put more desks out there. And they built two meeting rooms so that the staff can collaborate. That's exactly and how that's I feel it. it. That's the whole office now. So you've got the owner, you know, the, again, these are smaller businesses that are, are um, sole proprietor corporations. So you've got the owner that owns the business, two small breakout rooms, and a bunch of hotel desks. That's all that's in the office. It's that simple. And you know what? Um, the model is really great. For them, it's convenient because we just put a fiber into their from our data center to their suite. And guess what? Now their data center is, whether it's on the third floor or the fourth floor or the first floor is irrelevant. It's all the same, but they maximize their real estate, reduce their cost, and they're saving a mint. And staff like it because they get to work from home and, and whatnot. So the, the, the real thing to do, I, th I think the, the charge of the MSP going forward over the next 12 months is going to be developing within your geography a solution that will address the new way of going to work. Yep. We've been under pandemic orders for the last 18, 20 months, but I was watching this um, one of some doctor out of the US, I can't remember her name, and, and she said something that really, it was a few weeks ago, and she said something that really sprung something to me. She said, once we get over the Delta and the Lambda, Lambda variants, I think we'll have a better control of what's going on, and we're going to go from this, from this whole thing being a pandemic to an endemic. Mm -hmm. 
And the difference being pandemic is where it's out of control and an endemic is it's under control and we can manage it. And we're just going to have to learn how to live with this. Right. To me, I thought that was such wise words. And, and I thought, okay, that, t- that makes sense. And that's our future. The same way we live with, you know, the common cold or right. the common flu, or we live with pneumonia and right. we live with all these other things that we can't cure. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe that that's what the outcome of this pandemic is going to be. So how do we help our customers in our geo div- uh, manage the endemic which is going to be the next big thing. And I think it's up to the managed service provider more than some of the other technologies uh, or some of the other sectors like law firms, accounting firms, all your other professional services organizations. They won't be able to affect a company's endemic management as much as IT providers. We will be the ones in charge of taking this and running with it. And we'll be the ones in charge of helping and empowering our customers to manage this endemic. So the question is, how, how do you manage that in your own geo? Like we all know our own geos, right? Well, the, 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 the important part here is I think as a managed service provider, do you realize that you can play a big part in this and be a seat at the table while your customers go through this process, whether financially benefit because you get project work or hardware sales or whatever, but you th- this is an opportunity to come in and Build a plan, your vision or your view of the customer's needs and sit down with the customer and discuss those things and, and, and put yourself there. Because once you put yourself there, now they start to become that trusted advisor. If you if you were struggling to become that trusted advisor. So you you're you get to sit and talk through these challenges that the customer has and you help them navigate through that with the use of technology and, and, and you're you, you capitalize. So whoever's listening to this, do not waste the opportunity to right. make sure that you are in that conversation because this is this is a moment that strengthens your your strengthens your relationship with the customer it's a great way to make some extra bucks you get to sell some hardware and you define the the environment where cuz you're going to support it at the end regardless of who makes the decision you're going to have right. to support it so you might as well be there. So I think that's that's something very uh, important that people need to realize that this is a pivotal point where things are going to be very different moving forward. And you have the opportunity to discuss and put your insight onto what your customer or clients need. Right. And one of the easy questions to ask your customers is, you know, and this is some of the conversations that we're having is, what are your plans with the office going forward? What do you plan on doing? Do you plan on, you know, uh, having everyone come back or do you plan on building out new space? Do you plan on downsizing the real estate? And Talk about value add. Let's just use some fictitious numbers. I'm going to make this up. Let's say you have a customer that spends five grand a month with you in managed services. Part of the conversation could be our door opener to these to them to listen to you to get that seat at the table is, okay, you're spending $5,000 a month with me. How would you like to have it for free? And any owner will listen to you. In the small business space especially, you've got their attention. What do you mean you're going to give me your services for free? Let me find a way to pay for the services. And one of the creative ways is if they decide to go through that downsize and they're spending 20 grand a month in real estate fees today, and you can help them through spend and and creativity downsize to a 10 K a month fee, you've now doubled your, your, your fees to their, in, in savings to them. In savings. Yeah. Right. 
And that right away doesn't mean you're actually giving them the service for free. You're still getting paid, but you've done two things. Now they'll never question your, your uh, intentions with them. They'll always look at you as somebody that needs to have a seat at the table because you've saved them a ton of money. And more importantly, they feel like they're getting something for free out of it. And they'll be a better company because of it in most scenarios, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I just gave you a formula there that talks at the process on how to go close the sale and get more business as we, as we migrate into the endemic. So actually, speaking of which, one of the things... I need a drink. Well, I was going to say, one of the things that um, you should also do with your customers is invite them out for a glass of whiskey while you have this conversation. Or take them a bottle, right? That works too. Speaking of bottles... What's on your table today? For those that have listened to all the episodes or a lot of episodes, know that I am a big Elijah Craig fan. The small batch is a household you know, regular in my house. But recently I have gotten my hands on the the barrel proof and I got, you know, two or three of these bottles, but I had not opened them. So I am drinking today the 12 year barrel proof Elijah Craig. And, um, that's strong. It is. That's 125, isn't it? Or is it Uh, 133? 133% or proof proof so it's 67.5 okay 66.7 yeah sorry 66.7 yeah thank you it's it's um i don't like it i was gonna say that's hot yeah you got i i I let my all my ice melt to be able to drink it that's Um, hot so it it's uh it's hot and i know there are a lot of people that like that um but for me uh, i'll stick to the regular one that's easily accessible at the liquor stores uh for you know under 50 bucks and um and go with that so that's my that's my point on elijah it's funny i actually just scored some really amazing bottles as you know myron uh in the last few weeks and i cannot wait to uh open some of them because i haven't tried them all but I'm going to leave that mystery for the next uh, few episodes. This Mm -hmm. episode, because I don't have any of those bottles here with me, but in this episode, um, I actually am drinking something very different from my typical palate. It is a whiskey. It's called High West Whiskey Campfire. Really interesting in the fact that it was distilled and bottled in Park City, Utah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's... I didn't know there was any distilleries in Utah, but there you go. So I, you learned something new. Yeah, I've heard of the uh, High West. I've never tried it. I think Craig talked about it a lot, but um, I've never tried it. This is unfortunately a blend. Uh, it's not mm. single because it is a blend of rye whiskey, uh, straight bourbon, and uh, scotch. Wow. Yeah, that's, it's that's... different. It, it's got a Very lot different. of body. Yeah, it's got a lot of body to it. You can, I think it's got some Islay in it because you can really taste the smokiness from the scotch. Jeez, you know what? This is, uh, this is uh, the first time this has ever happened. We're both not happy with our drink today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm still happened? drinking it. I, 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 I'm yeah. not saying I'm not drinking it. It just... <laughs> it's just I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of it, but it doesn't mean I won't drink it. Right. I'm still drinking it, too. I mean, you know why, right? Because there's just, first and foremost, it'd be a waste. 
but more importantly, more importantly, we have to cheers. We have to say salute. Congratulations. Oh, to me? Yeah. Well, who else is oh. in the room? Congratulations on uh, a recent accolade that you guys. Uh, oh. Do you want to share with the right. world the good news? Yeah, of course. So in uh, the last episode, we talked about M&A in that M&A, we talked about some good friends of mine, Nancy and Angel. Uh, what I did not make, let it out, was the fact that we were acquiring them. So I can happily say that we have now acquired Sabino Comtech uh, on the MSP side. So Cinetech acquired uh, Sabino, and Nancy and Angel are now, as well as the other team members, have joined our team. Uh, that's it's really, really cool because you know, obviously, Nancy, we met. We met initially through the podcast, so IT for Whiskey put us together. Right. It's a good relationship that started from there, and then we became, you know, regular calls that um, we helped each other. Hey, 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 hey! You're cheating on me now. Listen, I have I have calls with a lot of people. Those of you that want to have calls, just 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 give me a ring. <laughs> Your call is a very special call. That's a very oh, different call. Thanks, brother. Our culture was the same. Our thought process was the same, so it made sense to uh, join forces. Nancy's taken on the VP of uh, Sales and Marketing, and Angel has taken on the VP of Technology uh, role. Wow. So excited this for is, that. This is a great success story. Like no one lost jobs. You guys just empowered each other. You cross pollinate, grow. Wow, that's a great story. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and I think there's 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 growth to it too, right? So now with our Houston KD office, we're going to add more staff there and things like that. So it's 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 all good news uh, from this end. That's that's fantastic. It's not always you don't always get such a great success story out of M&A. Yeah, for sure. That's great. And and knowing Nancy and Angel myself, I could see the synergy. It, it was not an it was not a a, yes, the accounts were important, but it was not a acquisition about accounts. It was an acquisition about talent, and we were interested in the talent. And that's why you, there's no need to, you know, anybody losing a job or anything like that. It's really about the talent um, and bringing in the, that that talent in on in 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 house is uh, is a big deal. That's fantastic. Congratulations are due for sure. Thank you. That's, Thank you. Cheers. And to that's that. A, that that cheers to that, buddy. And that's a great way to prove our last episode. Um, you know, we had a resident expert on file, and we just didn't let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But getting getting back to but getting back to the topic du jour, you know, pandemic to endemic. Um, what should we do as a managed service provider? I think the opportunity really lies on us as MSPs yes. to create. We need to be the ones proactively speaking to our customers. We MSPs claim to be proactive. Well, here's an opportunity to be proactive. Go out there, talk to your customers, buy them lunch, whatever the case is. Tell them you want to, whatever your angle is, like I said, hey, do you want free IT services? Hey, let's talk kind of thing or whatever your angle is. Well, look at it, look at it this way. I mean, you you take some time. You you know the customers already. So take some time and think through, based on their environment, what makes the most sense for them, right? And just jot down a few ideas. Meet with them, like Joe says, because at at the end of the day, when you meet with the first, okay, it's gonna be that's gonna be your first conversation. But by the third customer that you meet, you're probably the expert 
because now you've seen multiple businesses and you've heard the struggles or the ideas that multiple businesses have. So bring that to the table. That business owner only has themselves probably to talk to. You are the person that understands how different industries do it or other manufacturing facilities, other professional services companies. You have that experience you, or you have at least that knowledge and that experience and sharing that is valuable to them. So put yourself out there and, and do it. I agree. And, and think of it this way. You know, we always want to be the trusted advisor. And if we are the ones going to them at the point that they are, because I'll tell you right now, every business owner I'm talking to, this is on their mind. This is what they're thinking. This is what. Yeah. So yeah. if you're able to, quote unquote, read their mind and show up at their doorstep when they're struggling with a problem that's not necessarily IT related per se, and yeah. you can provide them a solution for it, that's a ticket that it's hard to buy. It's a unique opportunity that is Absolutely. not, it's not, I, I like, I wish we had this kind of an opportunity every other year, not under the circumstances, but this kind right. of a golden opportunity right. to be able in front of them, read their mind and, 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 and deliver. Now's the time. So don't waste any time. Just get out there and talk to them. And if they are not thinking about it yet, when they come to that passing, you'll be the first one they come to because you brought it to them first and you've told them, hey, I'm talking to all our customers about this. It's a reality, et cetera, et cetera. How can we help? Here's some ideas, et cetera, et cetera. They'll think of you as that resident expert and boom, they're going to come back to you first. Or maybe they're not thinking about it and you're the one that sparks that interest. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, I need to think about this. It's just a win-win. Just bring it up. Just talk about it. Nobody has the answer. Don't claim that you have the answer. Just claim that you can walk, you can walk with them through the whole process. Delete this part. Thanks for validating or repeating what I just said right after I said it, Mark. Yeah, but I, I really said it the U.S. way. <laughs> <laughs> and with that uh, take it away it for whiskey a podcast by msps to help msps don't forget to spread the word like and subscribe at it for whiskey.com you smoke that cisco and you may uh ddos yourself <laughs>